Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing WAIO in your Play Store. We've got a lot of ground to cover today, and so we want to jump right in. Today, we're uh, in, moving into First Fruits, the month of Shabbat. And so we want to welcome, first of all, all of our guests. Can you just give all of our guests a big hand today and just welcome them? We'll make sure that you're, you feel good and welcome today. And uh, we want to activate the blessing of the month of Shabbat. And if you're not familiar with that, we track with the Hebraic calendar here. And every month we get an opportunity to break into a new cycle of God's blessing. So touch three people around you and say, get ready, you're going to get blessed this month. Tell them, you're going to get blessed this month. And so we honor the Lord and we celebrate first fruits each and every month. We only do this once a month here at Word Alive by doing a first fruits offering. And so in just a moment, we're going to move in that. We'll uh, ask you to bring your first fruits. It's the only time each month that we actually publicly give an offering. Normally, we just use the boxes in the back and in the connection. But this is the month, this, this is the time each month that we like to take a step of faith and say simply, God, we honor you and we are trusting you with our resources because we believe if we give first fruits offering, according to Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, that he will open the windows of heaven over us and bless us in such a way that our barns shall be filled with plenty and our presses burst forth with new wine. And if I had time this morning, we could have hundreds of testimonies shared about how first fruits giving has really increased people's life in the blessings of the Lord. Now this isn't the tithe. The tithe, tithe actually means 10%. That's what we regularly give the Lord. But on the first of each month around Rosh Kadesh, we give the Lord a first fruit. Some do a first hour, some do a first day's wage, first week's wage. However the Lord leads you, it's not the amount, it's the act of faith. Now here's something I just want to encourage you with this morning. I think I have a, a slide to help us with this because this is a very important year. The number eight means first or beginning. Okay, this is something very important. You got to, I want you to understand this. The number eight means first or beginning. So this is, a, this is 2018 on the Gregorian calendar and 5778 on the Hebraic calendar. Both have an eight, which means this is a first fruits year. Now, now you got to grab this because and keep that slide up because of this. Every time we get to do first fruits this year, something significant is going to happen. So you start looking for first. All right, maybe it's the first person in your family called to ministry. Maybe it's the first miracle that you see. Maybe it's the first time you see God do something significant and use you in your life. Maybe it's the first time that you see an, an unpronounced blessing fall upon. These are, this is the year to start looking every month when you give to say, okay, I'm expecting a first in my life. A first time, a first time an angel pops up in your Come on, somebody, right? This was funny this morning. Uh, I was was dealing with some issues with some families this morning, and the police actually was involved, and uh, and I couldn't get here quick enough, and so I asked them to bring me, and uh, so I pulled up in a cop car this morning, and all the people in the back were like, "Oh my God, Kent's been in jail all night," you know, and, and I, I'm like, I'm like, it's just my angel, right? Like Peter, right, getting out of jail, but it was a first for me to show up in a cop car to church, but. First, look for first to happen because it's a first fruit. I'm telling you, this year, some many firsts are going to happen in your life that's going to exponentially propel us into our destiny, into our purpose. Amen? So this is a very important year to track with the Lord. Now, the month of Shabbat, I'll put it, we handed this out last week and it's online, but I'll put it in a nutshell for you. The, the word, the letter, Hebraic letter connected this, to this month is Zadik, which means righteousness. 
And this is the month that we, that we begin to see the fruit of righteousness. It's the month of trees. So now we understand Isaiah, which says, We shall be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So we can sum it up in one scripture because all, as well it's the constellation Aquarius, which means the watering one. Right, and the tribe is Nafta, or the tribe is Asher, which actually means happiness, pleasure, fatness. This is this is that uh, fatness, like a green olive tree, going back to the trees. And Asher's inheritance was some of the most fertile land. So we're declaring this month we are trees of righteousness planted in fertile ground. And here's the big scripture for us. It's found in Psalm one. It says something like this: "You shall be like a tree." Planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever you do will prosper. Man, that's a word to grab a hold of this morning. That you will be like a tree planted by the river of water, and whatever we do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen? So we make that declaration over our lives today. If you're ready to join me in first fruit giving, we want to invite our ushers. Want to bring, bring them up. They've got baskets here up front, I believe. Let's don't move too fast. <laughs> here we go. All right. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to get these baskets ready for you. And we want to step out in faith now. And we want to bring an offering this morning. Then after, we'll give a declaration. And we're going to uh, ask the Admiral, I think he's here, to blow that shofar over these offerings this morning. Because this is a brand new month breaking into brand new cycles. And by the way, if you've not been able to get in the house of light yet, make sure and do that. So come on, stand up with me this morning, everybody. If you, don't have, if you didn't come prepared, touch your neighbor say, give me some cash. I'm going to get in on this today. All right, let's bring these offerings and let's bless the Lord with it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Blessings, 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 blessings. Blessings. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Blessings, blessings, blessings. I can see the unseen. Truly, one look at you and I'm undone. Blessings, blessings, blessings. I run to the throne once you get back, just stay standing, if you will. We're going to make a declaration. Admiral, stay here with me, will Now here's what the Hebraic mindset is this month. They say this is the month to shout, my blessings are on the way. All right, don't do it yet, but this is the month that we shout, our blessings are on the way. Anybody here expecting a blessing? Now, now here's what I love about the Lord. You know, the Lord comes intentionally every month to say, all right, I'm ready. I got a blessing. I'm ready for it. And so every month we get to expect a blessing, that God wants to bless this month in a, in a significant way so we can move forward with him. So let's put up our declaration, and then we'll end it with a, a 
shout of the, uh, shout of the shofar because we believe in blowing the horn every month because this is just according to the word of God. And then uh, we'll shout our blessings are on the way. All right, ready? One, two, three. In extreme thankfulness, we rest in the awesome assurance of your deliverance and salvation. We graciously and gratefully bring a first fruit offering to you, our God. It has not been our strength, but your everlasting care that has protected and provided so that we may generously give. You have pursued us and gloriously loved us into the kingdom. In honor and glory to you and only you, we acknowledge that you are first and preeminent in our lives. In giving of our first fruits, we decree rest on all sides, no fear, no lack, divine health, and prosperous living. We stand in agreement that it is finished. Therefore, we declare that we shall rest in the Lord and trust confidently in Him. Amen. I believe that, don't you? Now, we're going to ask Dennis Moyer just to release the sound of the shofar because what does that mean to us? We're declaring to the heavens and to hell that we are living victorious this month and we are decreeing blessings this month over our lives and our family. We're doing it intentionally to say, Lord, we're releasing our faith today. So come on, Dennis, and give us a blast. Yes! Woo! On the count of three, we're going to shout, my blessing is on the way. Ready? One, two, three. My blessing is on the way. Yes, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you. Woo! I'm fired up. Thank the Lord for giving us intentional times to get blessed, right? Are y'all hot or is it just me? My God, they're trying to burn us out of here today, aren't they? Can you give us a little AC? Okay. Got one cruise. I bind that in the name of Jesus. Got half of us loosened and half of us binding this morning. All right. With the, can you just fan us in? We, uh, we didn't have any air conditioned Dan in our old church, did we? We just had hand fans. Hopefully you were able to uh, check out our uh, Facebook Live this past week with Dr. Dalton Smith. Uh, we had a great time, and if you didn't get to see it, I think you can still visit it. It's still on, uh, still on Facebook. You can watch it where I did an interview, interview with her. She's a uh, part of our church, a wonderful woman of God. And interestingly enough, her book released at the same time we're talking about rest, and it's called Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. And it is a real word from God. I've read portions of the book, and uh, I was able to take the rest quiz uh, that's uh, inspired in this book. There's a place online on Dr. Uh, Dalton Smith's uh, website where you can take a rest quiz to see how you're doing as far as spiritual, social, emotional, relational rest. And you'll be shocked, uh, I was, uh, at areas I thought I was not, not doing good. Actually, I was doing pretty good. In other areas I thought I was doing good, I wasn't doing very good. And so it's very, very helpful. She's going to be here between services today. Some of these books will be made available to you. You can get them at Amazon or bookstores, but she's brought some today. She'll be in a connection to sign some of them as well, and you can uh, get to meet her. We just really appreciate 
different people in our church stepping out in faith and doing great things to get the Word of God spread around the world. So uh, it'll be a great opportunity, and, and we really appreciate this book. It's a very, very powerful, powerful Word. We started this uh, thought about rest on every side three weeks ago. The first week, we talked about faith. We talked about two crosses. Do you remember that? that? The cross of Christ and our personal cross, that now we can get to the place where we trust Jesus totally with the outcome of our situations, right? Then last week, we talked about solitude and silence. And I hope you've had some experiences with that this week. We just thought this week we would give ourselves to, to just taking at least 5, 10, 20 minutes in the morning and trying to just quieten our minds, quieten our souls. I found a really interesting scripture. I think it was, I, uh, I'm off track here a minute, but Psalm 131 said something like this. I have quieted my soul like a weaned child. Very interesting, isn't it, in the, in the scriptures? It's have quietened. Why, a weaned child is not fretful and fussy all the time, right? A weaned, and I believe God wants to bring us to this place of maturity that we can live of quietness in our soul and in our spirits so that we can enter this place called rest. And so if you've not been able to track with us and you tried and maybe had some difficulties in it, don't stop. Keep seeking places of solitude and silence. We found that God said there was a secret place. And then when we get into secret place, he sees us and rewards us. And so keep tracking with that. I think, it, I think it'll be good for you. This week, we're going to go to the third part of this series, Rest on Every Side. And it's a very interesting topic we'll talk about. Controversial on some levels, but very, very, very powerful. So here we go. This is found in Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Isn't this an interesting scripture? For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to his people. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. If you study that and realize this is actually a prophecy, not just for the current situation they were facing with an Assyrian uh, invasion, but it was also a prophecy that was brought in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul that this scripture was actually foretelling of a time when God would release the Holy Spirit and people would be able to speak in tongues or in another language. And by speaking in tongues in another language, it would be something that would allow people to enter in to the rest of God. And so today we want to look at how the gift of tongues, the ability to pray in a heavenly language, is literally has the power to release you into a place of rest. Now let me show you something else. That word rest means, in a, a Hebraic uh, term means menucha, which means a resting place, a place of stillness, a place of peace, a quiet place. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14. This is what I was talking about earlier. In the law it is written, this is Paul the Apostle in the New Testament. In the law it is written, with, with men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people. And yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Isn't it interesting that there's been so much controversy over this concept of speaking in tongues? There is more controversy and more uh, false teaching 
surrounding this subject than any other subject I could put my finger on in the body of Christ today because I'm convinced the enemy does not want God's people to have this ability operating in their life because he knows if you ever get a hold of it and you ever get a hold of this, this language of the Spirit, if you will, that something so, so powerful, supernatural will begin to take place in your life that you will leave doubt, fear, anxiety, and you will move into the peace of God. So... Maybe you've received this gift already, and, you, and I want to encourage you to, to move more into it. Maybe you've never received this gift, and you've sat under false teachings. I'm hopefully going to enlighten you to where you can begin to move in it. And maybe some of you are just beginning this journey, but I promise you, if you'll listen to me today and you will activate your faith with me, something supernatural will happen in your life today. Touch three people say, I'm believing that in Jesus' name. Tell them, I'm believing that in Jesus' name. Now, I find it interesting that this concept of speaking in tongues is tied to rest. By the way, just a, a scientific fact and a, and a uh, statistic. 600 million, if we could put this slide up, 600 million Christians in a recent survey speak in tongues. 600 million in 2011, Dr. Christopher Lynn released a scientific study of the brain after testing a thousand people speaking in tongues. His findings were that speaking in tongues reduces stress and increases emotional stability because it causes the frontal lobe of the brain to go quiet. They literally did MRIs, did scientific investigations in this, that when people prayed in the Spirit, their frontal lobes, which is very important for our activity, would go quiet. And, they, the, and the doctor even said, I watched it on the video, he said, I'm, I, I'm not trying to say it's God, not God. All I'm telling you is scientifically something's happening other than in the people's brain. Their brain is not communicating during this. Something else is communicating inside of them. Because their brains, are, the, the frontal lobes are going totally quiet. So this source is coming from somewhere else. Out of your, come on somebody, out of your belly, come on somebody, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, I knew here in Alabama you'd need a little more confirmation. So I brought us up something you'd believe in, Alabama quarterback here. Now, if you don't speak in tongues, just say his name over and over. You'll, 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 you'll. You'll, you'll get there pretty quick. This is Tua Tungabilo. Close. They interviewed this young freshman after uh, being launched into the, the national championship. Y'all know the story. And interviewed him and said, how in the world did you face this pressure as a freshman coming into this game and pulling off such a tremendous victory, he said, well, first of all, let me give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior, right? Which was pretty awesome. But then in an article, he said, the way I kept calm was I spoke in tongues. So he said, before I took each snap, I would speak in tongues. And before I called each play, I would speak in tongues. And it kept me calm on the inside so that I could function. Awesome is that? Not because of the championship, because somebody understands the concept, right? 
of this spiritual gift that even in that type of pressured situation can exercise this, speak in tongues, and see this play, enter into a place of rest, which is so powerful, even though you got 100,000 fans screaming, all these players you're trying to, and yet you find a place inside you that of calm and quietness in the midst of this chaos. My point to you is if this quarterback can find that in the midst of all that, can you and I not find that place in us in the midst of what we're, what's going on in our life? Amen? I'm not saying speaking in tongues will get you a national championship. I'm just saying... It'll keep you calm in the midst of a lot of turmoil going on. Now, Acts 2, 1 through 4, I want to lay a little foundation uh, today for us. It says, when the day of Pentecost, somebody say Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right? Let me, let me dive into this with you just for the few, few seconds, few moments here. Number one, Pentecost. Pentecost is a big word. It's a scary word for some people because they attribute Pentecost to a certain group of people or a lifestyle. But let me just break Pentecost down for you really quick. Pente means five. That's all, it's simply all it means. Pente mean, in the Greek means five. Kosti means multiplied by ten. All right? So the powerful word of Pentecost shouldn't be a scary word. Why? It just means 50. It just means 50. That 50 days after Passover, God sent the Holy Spirit, just like 50 days after Passover, leaving Egypt, they met God on Mount Sinai. Now, here's what fired me up about Pentecost, right? This is, the, this is the Greek. Five means grace. What I got from this is Pentecost really means grace to the 10th power. That's why you see somebody that gets filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changes in their life. Their spiritual power greatly increases because the grace of God gets multiplied in their lives. All right? It's a language. All right? It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2 and 4. Tongues, if you look it up, means glossa. It's where we get the word glossary. Okay? It's a language. Look at the second part of this. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. That word, language, is dialectos, which means dialect. Now, it was, so what happened on the day of Pentecost, these people came out of this experience with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, a language, and then it was translated that everybody there, even though they were from many different dialects, were able to hear their own dialect in that expression or language. So it's not too hard to embrace the concept that this is a language. Now, let me see if I can help many of us. I want to I see if I can talk about three myths about speaking in tongues. Number one, you begin speaking fluently immediately. That's a myth. 
Because a lot of people, I know I did, when I first started being exposed to this, you know, I thought I was going to get the Holy Spirit like this. And I would just wait. So I thought like lightning was going to hit my tongue, and then it would, you know, it, and it just never happened. Till one day I was in my prayer time, and I just, it wasn't here, it was, and something just kind of started coming up out of me, and it was two syllables. Comma, comma, never forget it. And I found myself feeling foolish, but inspired. In my bedroom, walking around going, comma, 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 comma. But I, I didn't know what I was saying. I just knew every time I said it, I felt really, really good. And so I just spent a lot of time walking around my bedroom, comma, 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 comma. And over time, what happened, it just started you know, getting more and deeper and deeper levels. And now, man, when I can go in tongues now, I can go, I'm all over the continent. You know, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I, I go in tongues now. It's a fluent language I have that I just can speak in the Spirit at will anytime I want for a, as long as I want. Well, if, you know, if most of you, you know, raise children or, or obviously our children, when they begin to learn to talk, they don't speak fluently. But, but aren't we excited when they start? Huh? No matter how silly it sounds, we're like, oh, did you hear what they said? Especially in my life when they say Papa. You know, that's the best word, right? It's like, it's like, oh, they said Papa. Oh, my God. Right? We're so excited by no matter. And, you know, it's, it's no different. Your heavenly Father gets fired up just that you're trying to speak it. Come on. It's a language. It's a myth, a myth of the thing. Now, some do. Some just immediately go into full manifestation. I understand that. But the majority of the people start expressing this utterance, and it, and it moves like that. Second, a lot of people, I think, are afraid of this, and this is a good one that we need to, to, need to expose. This is a myth that you can't control it. If you're speaking, if, you're, if, you're, if somebody says they can't control it, that tongues just jump out of them, and a lot of people are afraid of that because they say, oh, my God, I don't want to get this, and it just jump out of me. You know, like, I don't want to be at Publix, and all of a sudden, you know, grab the mic, and like, blah, 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 you know. I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want this happening in my life, you know, just in the midst of public places, just me bursting out in tongues. It doesn't work that way. Actually, the Bible says the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And so just like a teaching gift doesn't just jump out of you, you actually do it. Just like any other gift functions, tongues don't just jump out of you, and it's not something you can't control. You can quieten it, or you can make it loud. You can stop it. You can start it. It's, being filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues does not mean you're out of control. It just means you've yielded yourself to the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in and through you, using your vocal cords and your tongue to express this language of the Spirit. Last, the myth is just going to jump out of you. I hear people say, well, I've asked the Lord for it, and He just hadn't given it to me yet. I said, what do you mean He hadn't given it to you yet? Well, it just hadn't jumped out of me. Well, that'd be like saying if you have a gift of giving that you just walk by the offering box and just waiting for a dollar to jump out of your pocket. You know what I mean? It's like the dollar's there, you know. Well, God's not giving me the spirit of giving. You know, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it, 
if you're gifted as a teacher? Well, it just hadn't jumped out of me. Well, no, because you hadn't gotten up in front of somebody and prepared a talk and allowed the spirit of teaching, allowed that gift to, gift of healing. It's not going to jump out of you until you lay your hands on somebody. Come on now. And then, so you move and activate it by faith. I think this is very important for us to really get a hold of this and understand what this means. And it's a language, lastly, it's a language of the spirit. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So what's happening, every time you pray in your prayer language, you're releasing mysteries of the kingdom of God that God's wanting to release in your life. There's healings, there's blessings, there's deliverances, there's breakthroughs, there's all this stuff out there in the Spirit. And when you pray in tongues and when you pray in your prayer language, you're releasing the mysteries of God into the atmosphere to be unfolded in your life and in my life and make the things of the Spirit available for us. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 14, 14 through 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. See that? But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? Well, I'll pray in the spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. What's that talking about? It's saying that when I pray in the spirit, I'm not praying mental prayers. I'm praying spiritual prayers. There's a time for mental prayer, understanding prayer, but there's a time you don't know what to pray for. And I don't know what to pray for. And if I only pray with my understanding, I'm limiting what God wants to do in my life because I have a limited understanding of my, in my life of even who God is and what God can do. So if I'm only praying in English or my language, Spanish or what German, whatever your language, if I'm only praying in a understanding, then I'm only, I'm very limited. I'm actually as limited as my language of what God can do. But if I pray in my spirit without my understanding, now I tap into an unlimited, come on somebody. I tap into an unlimited place of what God can do in and through my life. Because it says in Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps my weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I said it last week, fearful people pray fearful prayers. Anxious people pray anxious prayers. Greedy people pray greedy prayers. But when I pray in the Spirit, I'm not praying in my understanding. So I'm not praying out of my anxiety or fear or my greed. I'm praying the will of God through my Spirit into the atmosphere. Woo! Why is that important? Because here's what the mystery is. For as it is written, I has... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. Pause. This is for every person under the sound of my voice. Your eye has not seen, 
Your ear has not heard. Your mind cannot even perceive the good things that God has planned for you and your family and your loved ones. So no matter how eloquent you could pray in English, you would never be able to pray the blessings God has for you because they're so great, your eye or ear or mind can't even conceive what God wants to do. Why? Because your understanding only sees your weakness, only sees your shortcoming, only sees the things in your, your understanding is always tied to your behavior and your emotions. But when I pray in the Spirit, it bypasses all this stuff that's going on up here, and I release the hidden blessings of God in and over my life and family. Look, but God has revealed them to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have, not, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but we've received the Spirit that's from God. Watch this. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God is spirit. And he seldom invades your world. You got to invade his world. That's why it says if you worship him, you need to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why sometimes it's hard to worship God in English. Because your mind, oh, I love you. Sometimes it says, and then now you start tapping into a realm you've not been before. So let's say this is the good things God has for you. You can't see this. You can't see this with your eyes. So you don't even know where to get it, what it looks like, or how to grasp it. But, but God has it for you. And so when you start praying in the Spirit, what happens, you reach into the Spirit and grab hold of something that you can't even see. And then you bring it into the natural world where it begins to manifest what you couldn't see. This whole world was made by things which you cannot see, which is the Word of, come on, which is the Word of, come on, somebody. If I can ever get a church that prays strong in tongues, we'll shake the world. Because I don't like, I like strong tongues. I know, see, that just feels bad. That just makes. I know that freaks people out. Sometimes I do it just to freak people out. I did it in a pub in Ireland. They were singing songs. I, all of a sudden, I just started singing in the spirit, way out loud. Rebo, What are you doing? What language is that? Holy Ghost shows up in the pub. Right? We've got to break off a religious mindset, especially in this Bible belt that we're living in. Come on. One of my assignments of even being here is to come against that religious uh, uh, stuff. What was that word, Chuck? 
that religious superstition that, that your grandpa and Aunt Joe and all them put in you because they didn't even know the Word of God and they didn't understand what was going on and this false teaching that the gifts of God are not for today. That's a lie of the devil. And we say we rebuke it, we reject it, and we move it off in the name of Jesus. And we're not going to be bound up with that anymore because why? We are so desperate for the blessings of God. Now, I don't know about you, but you tell me to do something and I'm going to get God's blessing. I'm going to attempt it. Blow a horn, speak in tongues, put a dollar in a basket. Come on. Why? I'm greedy for the things of God. And my Bible says if you'll become childlike, you will enter the kingdom of God and you will enjoy blessings that are untold on your life because your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, your mind can't even comprehend, but they will be revealed to you by the Holy Ghost. Come on now, Daddy. Let me show you one more. Ephesians 6, 17, 18. This ties this thing to peace and rest. Watch. Take the helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. See that? My helmet of salvation is tied to my prayer language. Why? When I, because my mind can play lots of tricks. My mind can bring all kind of fearful thoughts. My mind can have all kind of temptation going on. Inside. My mind can say and do many, many, many things. But when I put on the helmet of salvation and I begin to release the prayer language of the Holy Spirit, this mind begins to go quieter and quieter and quieter till I get into this place of supernatural rest and peace on every side. So my question to you today is, have you received the Holy Spirit? That's Paul the Apostle's question. He came to a group of disciples, not unsaved people, disciples. So they were already following Jesus, which tells us very clearly you can love Jesus, you can be saved, you can be in the kingdom of God, but not be enjoying the benefits of salvation through the Holy Spirit. Look at it in Acts 19 with me real quick, and then we'll, we'll shake a leg. And it happened, while Apollos was in Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They were believers. Disciples, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, then how were you baptized? Because Paul understood Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized, you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Paul's point, if you were baptized into the right baptism by faith, you should have the Holy Spirit. 
Because it says when Jesus was baptized, heavens opened, Spirit of God fell on him. So that's why sometimes people here get rebaptized. Because they believe their first baptism wasn't even a correct baptism because they didn't have the revelation actually of even what it was. They thought they were being baptized actually into a church or into a local body, which may be some truth in that. But in reality, they're being baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ, which allows the heavens to open and the Holy Spirit to come upon your life. So they said, we were baptized into John's baptism of repentance. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized again. Are you following me? Baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Got them an upgrade. <laughs> Got something put on their hard drive. Huh? Got them a download. Right? I've talked about this before, right? Y'all get that sent to you, don't you? Upgrade available. Download now. Most of us go, later. <laughs> Try me tonight. Try me next month. Why? Because you know if you get a download on your computer or your phone, it's going to change everything. And it's going to take you some time to learn to navigate it again because it changes everything. But what you don't realize is the reason it's changing everything, it's giving you a greater ability to process the information that they're wanting to get to you. So when people tell me I can't speak in tongues, that's not true. You won't speak in tongues. Not you can't, you won't. Because all it takes is faith to release an utterance out of your belly to trust that if you ask God for a, a fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. And if you ask him for bread, you're not going to get a rock. Right? If you ask him for an egg, you're not going to get a scorpion, according to the gospel. Because your father, if your love for your children is evil in comparing to God's love for you, how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Come on, somebody. And so I just really believe that part of us entering this rest is for us to be activated and reactivated, some of us, in tongues. Paul the Apostle uh, told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, 6, I think it is, he said, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you that you got when I laid my hands on you. Why? God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So in the next uh, couple moments we have remaining, we'd just like to do that. I see somebody like, I ain't doing that tongue thing. <laughs> well, that's okay. You're not going to enter in that fullness of rest. Not trying to force it on you. I'm just telling you it's available. It is available for anybody who wants it. For you and your children and as many as are for anybody who calls on it, the name of the Lord, shall be saved and receive the Holy Spirit.
So for some of you, it may be the first time that you're ever activated in this. It's going to be powerful. Some of you need to be reactivated in it. You did it 20 years ago and thought it was a one-time experience. Some of you need to upgrade. You're stuck at shimmy, shimmy, shimmy shoe, and you need to move on into a big life. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Let's just get it, let's just get it out there where it is. You, know, there, it, you, you need to move on in your gift. Into a mature, you know, and, and, and the only reason you're still shimmy, shimmy, shooing is you're not saying it enough. Because if you use it enough, it starts developing in you and it gets strong and it gets big. But you can't shimmy, shimmy just once a month thinking you're going to get that thing. Man, you know, you got to every day get that tongue moving and get that thing going so you can move on it. Y'all tracking with me? So I just really believe today is a very important day in the kingdom of God here at Word of Life, that God wants to do something supernatural. So if you've never received the Holy Spirit, or you have, but you just really know, man, I really need, a, I need, another, need another hit, need another upgrade, need another dose. Uh, you know, or, or, you, or you're like, man, I did it years ago, but it just kind of things got, got, got quite in me, and, and I really just need to be reactivated. Because I promise you, just like this wild quarterback... In the midst of all this world stuff that's going around, you can pray, pray in tongues all the time. What I love about it, you can pray in tongues all the time, anywhere. You don't even have to be out loud. You can pray in tongues under your breath. I can't tell you the times I've been in a counseling situation or a difficult meeting, and under my breath, I'm... Why? I desperately need the wisdom of God. I desperately need the strength. I can't tell you the times I've been traveling and going, 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 and literally sit down in the hotel, got to preach that night, and feel like I can't catch my breath that tired. I remember one time I was in Indonesia. I got sick as a dog. I don't know where that saying come from. I've never seen a dog sick. But anyway, I, I, very sick, and literally throwing up the whole thing, having to stop like several times on the way to the meeting, throwing up. And I get there, it's Christmas night. My son Josh and I are in Indonesia preaching. It's Christmas night. 3,000 people there waiting for me to preach. I can't get my head off my leg. Josh leaned over and said, what are you going to do? I said, Next thing you know, at life of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the Come on, somebody. See, and I'm doing it here, but you can feel it because it's spiritual. It's supernatural. And so many of God's people are living outside this. You praying in tongues at work. You, I love praying in tongues driving the car. Right? You, just because you're by yourself, you got time, you can speak in tongues on, on the way to work, on the way back from work. It's a powerful, powerful gift that literally I mean, you can do it anywhere, anytime, in any situation. Uh, when your kids are going crazy, 
right? All that frantic activity in your house. Lord, let peace. Yeah, right? It's a real tangible gift, and God wants everybody to have it. Amen? Stand up with me, will you? Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we honor you today. First of all, let's, can we just take a minute and thank God for the gift of the Holy Ghost? What a, what a gift. I mean, Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. What, what, a, what a blessing that God would give us. And by the way, it is a gift. You don't earn it, can't buy it. It's just free. What a blessedness. What a blessed gift that God would just say. When Jesus, let me go ahead and let me say one more thing. To me, when I speak in tongues, you know what does more than anything else in my life? When I speak in tongues, this is what does, it increases my faith. Jude 20, I believe it is. I may have a slide for that. Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but here's what holy faith is not just faith. Here's what blesses me, and here's what I think happens. Every time I speak in tongues, my faith in the resurrection is established and increased. Why? Jesus said, if I don't go away, I can't send another. To me, the greatest proof that Jesus ain't in the tomb is there's 600 million people on the earth speaking in tongues. You better come on something. That shows me he made it to where he was going and he released the Holy Ghost back to the earth. Jesus is alive. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.